Hello, welcome to Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Weldon. This week, we are presenting the exciting conclusion of The Seal Skin Girl, an original story by Daniel Hines. Today, we'd like to say a special thank you to Phineas and Jack and their family, Sophie and Amelia and their family, and Emmett, Weston, and Cole and their family. Thank you for helping to support our show, Phineas, Jack, Sophie, Amelia, Emmett, Weston, and Cole. You are part of what makes it possible for us to continue to produce fun new stories for our listeners. If you would also like to support our show and receive a thank you in a future episode, please head to patreon.com slash stories and make a pledge. Then send an email to amanda at storiespodcast.com and tell us who to thank. Thanks! Stories Podcast is brought to you by Chase. All my real estate friends say the same thing. The last few years have been a seller's market. So how does someone like me looking to buy their first home stand out and get taken seriously? Chase's closing guarantee is one way to give you the edge you need. As a Chase customer, you're guaranteed to close quickly or you get $1,000. So you can show homeowners you're serious about buying without the personal letter or gift basket or skywriting it over their house. Get in your first home even faster with Chase. Learn more at chase.com stories. Chase, make more of what's yours. All home lending products are subject to credit and property approval. Rates, program terms, and conditions are subject to change without notice. Not all products are available in all states or for all amounts. Other restrictions and limitations apply. Home lending products offered by JPMorgan Chase Bank N.A., an equal housing lender. Summer is finally here. It's time for beach days and barbecues, family vacations, and quality time with the ones you love. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend a whole day getting my hair colored at the salon when I could be outside playing frisbee with my dog, but I also don't want to take a chance on a box kit from the drugstore. Now there's another option, Madison Reed. It took a strong woman to shake up the hair coloring world, and Amy Errett did just that with Madison Reed, the company she named after her daughter. Madison Reed offers gorgeous, professional hair color delivered to your door for less than $25. What makes their color unique is that it's crafted by master colorists who blend nuances of light, dark, cool, and warm to create over 45 gorgeous multi-tonal shades. Clients agree. With Madison Reed, you get gorgeous, shiny, multi-dimensional, healthy-looking, fresh-from-the-salon hair. But you can do it yourself at home. Get an expert color consultation or take the color quiz at madison-reed.com. And right now, Stories Podcast listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with code STORIES. That's code STORIES for 10% off your first color kit plus free shipping. Enjoy the episode. The Sealskin Girl, Part 2 Chapter 4, Thieves in the Night it was dusk when Connor, Kathy, and Liam set out on their bikes, and full dark by the time they reached Mr. Carver's office in Derry. The parking lot was empty, the building dark. They leaned their bikes against the brick exterior and tried the door. Locked, said Liam, but when he turned to look at the twins, skinny little Kathy was already worming her way through a half-shut window. Dad is going to be so mad if we get caught, she was saying. Then let's not get caught. Connor replied, pushing her the rest of the way through the window. She hit the ground inside with a thump. A minute later, she swung open the front door. You boys coming in or what? Inside was disappointingly plain. 
There was a small bathroom where Kathy had entered, but the rest was just one big room. There was a stout wooden desk facing the door, a rolling chair that still had Mr. Carver's ash-gray rain cape draped over it, and a bookcase lining one wall. But that was it. No safe, no vault, no anything, really. Maybe behind the bookcase, Connor said, but without much hope. The twins started tugging on books, looking for a hidden panel. Liam sat at the desk and rifled through the drawers. A few paper clips and office supplies in the top drawer, and a thick book in the second, half the pages dog-eared. Liam pulled it out and sat it on the desk. The title was written in Gaelic. His Graham could have read it, but Liam had never bothered to learn the language. He did recognize one word, though. Selkie, right at the end. Either of you two know Gaelic? A bit, said Kathy. Me nan tried to show me some, but I never much liked it. Can you read this? Liam asked, spinning the book around to face her. Couldn't us a camel air a selkie? Kathy said. Oh, I think it means hunting the selkie, something like that. All three of them were leaning over the book now. Connor flipped it open to a random page. Inside was more Gaelic, thick knots of it that even Kathy couldn't translate but someone had drawn all over it with Sharpie in English. The margins were full of notes like, West Coast? And migration pattern is every five years. He's been planning this. He's been looking for a selkie for years, said Liam. Uh, guys, said Kathy. And now he has one, said Connor. Hey, boys, said Kathy. And we have no idea where he hid her skin. Oh, you langers, yelled Kathy. What? I think I found the selkie skin. She was holding Mr. Carver's ash-gray rain cape. Up close, Liam could see it wasn't one color the whole way through. There were mottled spots of fawn around the trim and fine, thin whiskers on the hood. Kathy, said Liam. You're amazing! They were caught suddenly in a wash of headlights through the front window of the office. It was an old Ford, painted a chipped and faded sky blue. Oh no, said Connor. That's Mr. Carver's car. They heard the car door open and then slam shut again. Heavy footsteps crossed the parking lot. Quick, Kathy said. The bathroom. Liam pulled the selkie skin cape around his shoulders and fastened it in front with a thick black button Mr. Carver had sewn on. The three ran into the bathroom and closed the door most of the way, crouching in the dark. Mr. Carver's keys rattled in the lock. Did anyone remember to lock it again? Asked Connor, but no one had. Mr. Carver pushed in. They could see him cross the room through the crack in the door. Forgot to lock it, you're getting old, bloody fool, he was grumbling to himself. Forget the skin, forget the lock, that's how you lose a selkie, you git. He's looking for the skin, hissed Liam. Quick, out the window. The boys boosted Kathy through, and then Connor gave Liam a boost. Once through, Liam turned to help pull Connor up. When he was halfway through, Mr. Carver burst into the room. You little thieves, give it back! He grabbed Connor's feet and began to pull him back into the room. Liam and Kathy had Connor's hands and pulled back as best they could, but Mr. Carver was stronger. Don't let him get me, Connor cried, slowly being pulled back into the bathroom. Liam and Kathy gave a last, mighty tug, and Connor came tumbling out, one of his shoes still in Mr. Carver's grip. He tried to follow them, but he was too big to fit. Just his angry, gnarled head came through. Give me back my cape, he roared. The three hopped on their bikes and started to pedal like mad. It was three miles back to Ardnock. They couldn't hope to beat Mr. Carver. But what else can we do? thought Liam. 
The old Ford started with a roar and came thundering down the road behind them, the headlights splashing over the road and growing brighter and brighter. "'What do we do?' Liam cried. Connor and Kathy looked at each other. "'We'll take the woods way,' said Connor. "'Keep your head down and follow me.' The Ford grew louder and louder, accelerating fast. Liam imagined it sounded like an angry shark. Connor veered his bike suddenly off the road and into the trees, Kathy a tire length behind him. Liam followed, careful to keep his head low. They plunged through the darkness, tires bouncing wildly over roots and stones, branches whipping at their faces. The light of the full moon filtered down through the trees, not enough to see the trail, but enough for Connor to find his way, apparently. Chapter 5. A Leap of Faith They finally crashed back through the brush and onto the road. Liam could see the lights of Ardnock just ahead. We made it! Kathy cried, but as they pulled up to Liam's house, they could see two cars parked wildly on Mr. Carver's lawn. The first was Mr. Carver's own blue Ford. The second was the constable's police car. Dad! Dad! said Connor, running over, Liam and Kathy on his heels. What's going on here? Kathy, Connor, Liam, Mr. Carver said you robbed his office. What do you have to say for yourselves? Mr. Carver glared at them darkly, one gnarled fist clasped tight on his shillelagh club. In the dark, it was hard to tell where the old man ended and the dark club began. "'He's a liar,' Liam said. "'His wife is a Selkie, and he's been keeping her prisoner.' "'Liam,' said the constable, "'Selkies aren't real. Please leave Mr. and Mrs. Carver alone.' "'I'll have me cape back, constable,' said Mr. Carver. "'No!' Liam yelled, backing towards the manor. Selkie! Selkie, if you're in there, I have your skin. You can have it back. You don't have to be afraid. You aren't alone. Yes! We're here to help, said Kathy. You can go back to the ocean. You shut those brats up or I'll have to do it, said Mr. Carver. You don't talk to me kids like that, the constable said. The back door of the house swung open. The Selkie stood in the doorway beautiful with her mottled hair and pearl-black eyes and long white nightdress. She ran to Liam and wrapped him in a tight hug, taking the cape from his shoulders and holding it up to the moonlight with a triumphant smile. "'You keep that skin away from the selkie!' Mr. Carver roared, and he knocked the constable sprawling with a swing of his shillelagh. Everything seemed to freeze. Liam saw the constable on the ground, Kathy and Connor calling out for him. He saw Mr. Carver advancing on him, club held high. He saw the Selkie, grin turning into a look of pure fear. Run, he said, pushing the Selkie towards the house and throwing himself at Mr. Carver's feet. The old man tripped over him and went sprawling with a curse. The Selkie stumbled and ran into the house. With an angry, wordless roar, Mr. Carver rose and chased after her. The constable pulled Liam to his feet, half his face a dark purple bruise. Sorry, kids, should have believed you, he said. Wait here. He went charging into the house, police baton at the ready. Connor waited a second and then ran after him. He said to wait, Kathy said, but when Liam followed Connor, she came too. They raced through the manor, the selkie silent, Mr. Carver bellowing every step, slamming his club into the walls, the constable hurrying to catch up, the kids on his heels. They went up a staircase and then another, winding up and up until they came out onto the widow's walk, a wash in moonlight. That's it, said Mr. Carver. The selkie had her back pressed against the railing, her sealskin fastened around her neck. Nowhere to go, selkie. Now give back the skin. The constable, Liam, and the twins burst through the door. 
just in time to watch the sulky leap from the widow's walk. The constable tackled Mr. Carver, cuffing the old man's hands behind his back. Liam and the twins ran to the railing and looked down, watching the sulky fall. Liam would never forget the way she looked, her mottled hair streaming behind her, those pearl-black eyes shining bright in the light of the full moon, her dress loosely billowing around her body like a cloud, the ash-gray rain cape of her skin clasped around her neck and streaming out behind her like a superhero's cape. She fell for a long time. Finally, the dark and raging waters of the ocean below seemed to swallow her up. "'Is she okay? What happened?' Kathy asked. "'That's a long fall. How deep is the water? Is the water deep enough?' The constable joined them at the railing, wrapping his arms protectively around the kids. "'Let's go, kids,' he said. "'Wait!' cried Liam. "'Look!' A strange creature burst from the waves. Half woman, half seal, it seemed to skip joyously across the water— it dove under smoothly and emerged a second later, this time as a seal, one with mottled gray and fawn fur and large, shining, pearl-black eyes. "'Well, I'll be,' the constable whispered. Liam, Connor, and Kathy all cheered. As he hugged and yelled out his excitement with his two new friends, tears of happiness standing in his eyes, Liam realized Dublin didn't have all the excitement after all. After that night, the seals never came back to the hidden beach at the base of the cliff— but Liam didn't mind. He saw them plenty in his dreams. The End Today's story, The Sealskin Girl, Part 2, was the second half of an original story written by Daniel Hines and performed by me, Amanda Weldon. If you would like to support the show, please head to our iTunes page and leave a review for Stories Podcast. If you would like to receive a thank you in a future episode, please visit patreon.com stories to make a pledge. Then send an email to amanda at storiespodcast.com and tell us who we should thank. The artwork for this episode was created by Lindsay Ruane. Check out this week's illustration and find info about submitting your own illustrations at storiespodcast.com slash art. This story is also available as an ebook on amazon.com. Find the link at storiespodcast.com. Thanks for listening!